This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Grayson Grudhey for Sikkim365.com joins us now. And Grayson, the Bears coaching staff on the recruiting trail this week uh, because of the off week. And we'll get to that in a second. But... The Texas Tech game was not the follow-up to UCF that um, any Baylor fan would have wanted. Um, it It is now kind of thrust the fan base into more crisis because the, of the worry about where the season is going. What do you think the most important focus before they kick off in Cincinnati should be for this team? I mean, you know, Paul, they, they really got to figure out a lot of things, and that it makes it really tough to pinpoint one thing specifically um, because both sides have been, you know, really inconsistent and honestly, I mean, just really bad at times. You know, you can see flashes here and there, um, but it, it just hasn't been anything consistent. And when you don't have consistency, it leads to results like we saw in the Texas Tech game, the Texas game, the first half of the UCF game. And so they really are going to have to figure out that part. But, I mean, for me, the, the biggest thing here, in order for them to have any consistency on offense or defense, uh, it's going to have to come in the trenches. Um, they are getting beaten badly basically in every single game this year up front on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, and that's, that's pretty unacceptable for a team that's kind of built around that, and that's something that they've been wanting to control and dominate over the years since Dave Randa got to Baylor. Um, but I think you saw at the end of last year, they struggled in some regards uh, there, but this year it's been just way worse. I mean, way worse than anyone could have imagined. And, you know, especially on the offensive line. And when you have a team that's identity is to be physical in the trenches and move people up front and you're not moving people, you can see the effect that takes on the entire offense and the entire defense. So that, that's the area they got to figure it out is, you know, it's one of those things where can you figure it out just by playing harder, playing more disciplined, getting a couple guys back who were hurt, or do you just not have the personnel for that this year? I think we're going to find that out really quickly because Cincinnati is going to challenge Baylor up front. They have a pretty good defensive line, as does Iowa State, as do a couple other teams that they played or play later this year. So that's that's probably the biggest area that I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, they got the godfather, Dante Corleone, uh, who's there. Uh, ready to you know wreak havoc at any moment uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and um, you know while Emory Jones is a bit of an adventure, Grayson, he is the kind of adventure that's given Baylor problems in that he's athletic. Yeah, I mean he can give them some problems in that regard, and and he's gonna he's had games this year where he's flashed. Uh, his, his real problem is he Turn just off. can't avoid the mistake. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. He he just makes mistakes. He gives away games. I mean. The, the perfect example is the BYU game they played earlier this year. I mean, any stat you look at, you go, wow, Cincinnati should have won this game. But turning the ball over, not scoring when you have opportunities to score, that's kind of been Cincinnati's season. And so while, yes, they're going to give them some problems up front, I, I think it's, you know, it's a very winnable game for Baylor. And sadly, we're probably going to say that about most games on the schedule going forward outside of a couple. And, and that's really, you know, kind of a weird place to be when you're talking about a two and four team. Um, but it's the reality of the state of the Big 12 right now. These teams just really aren't that great. So, Grayson, on the offensive line, um, I 
I think they need to shuffle, like move guys around, maybe get them in different spots. Um, I think that uh, maybe even put some new starters in. Do you think that is a fair possibility coming up? I think there's a chance of that. The problem with that, Paul, is is that, I mean, just being the reality of the situation is if you're replacing any guy on the offensive line, you're probably going to be replacing them with either a true freshman or a redshirt freshman. And that just simply, that is really difficult on the offensive line to ask anyone to do that in their first or second year on campus, unless you're an elite, you know, five-star guy like a Kelvin Banks or something at Texas. Like, it just doesn't normally, you know, work out all that well. But I think they're going to have to try a lot of things because right now what they're doing isn't working. You saw the game against Utah and you kind of thought, okay, this reshuffle looks like it worked. It looks like it paid dividends. And then after that game, it's just everything has fallen flat outside of the game against UCF in which, you know, they're the worst run defense in the Big 12 right now. So, Grayson, they are – Setting out to hit the road recruiting this week because they that's what you do during your bye week. Uh, who are the targets? Who are they going to see? And um, do you ex- uh, do you expect any kind of movement or juice anytime soon? I think the biggest thing right now is going out and seeing commit. Um, they're going to go out, see those guys. You know, one, one guy in Mississippi out of St. Joseph there in uh, Greenville, Mississippi, Alex Foster, he got a Texas offer this week. Um, so you know they're going to be going out there. They, and then pretty much all the commits, whether it's uh, Nate Bennett, Adam Schobel, I think they'll go out and see all of them uh, if they're able to this week. Outside of that, you know, I think the focus is going to be some on the 2024 class, but I think majority of it's going to be on the 2025 class. As they've really been trying to evaluate things. They haven't extended very many offers in 2024 recently as the class is getting, you know, pretty close to full. Um, so you're pretty much trying to lock in all your commits while also just going and seeing, you know, players that are on your radar, maybe guys who have come on visits during the season who you're uh, debating offering, going and seeing their coaches, trying to figure out, you know, if an offer is something they want to, you know, go to. Uh, that's going to be kind of the biggest thing. And then in 2025, you're just trying to do the whole, you know, paint the whole picture of kind of the person that they're recruiting. You know what I mean? Going and talking to the coaches, getting to know them, Gain to see, you know, different things, whether it's uh, practice field or gain to see just them as a person with their family and things like that. I think all of that's going to be very, very important uh, because they try to really find out, you know, everything about the prospect before offering. And, and that's kind of one of, in my eyes, one of the special things about this staff is they do go out and they do make a concerted effort to find really, really good players, but they also want to find good fits in their program. And I know some people have had an issue with the term person over player because, I think they look at it way too literally. Um, But in general, you know, Baylor wants to make sure there's a good match with talent and fit with the program to make sure that, you know, they're able to maximize guys' potentials while also making sure that they're able to retain the guys they want to retain on their roster. Do you foresee a scheme change coming on offense, which would mean you maybe recruit different players? I could see that. You know, I I think – we all got so enamored with the 2021 offense and not necessarily because it was explosive or because it was, you know, anything flashy, but you kind of sat there and you went, man, if this team has a quarterback that can really elevate the talent around him, I mean, you could be looking at a playoff contender. And I, I truly believe that for as much as I love Gary Bohannon and everything he did for that team that year, he was also very limited and it cost them in two games 
the two games that they lost uh, during that season. And so I, I think that, you know, you kind of saw that. You saw glimpses, the physicality, everything like that. But now, as things have kind of moved to where they're at now, it just it's really hard to have a group that's just dominating in the trenches game after game if you're not creating explosive plays. And they're not creating explosive plays, and they're not dominating in the trenches, which makes you kind of think, hey, you know, maybe it's time with the roster construction that they have right now that maybe they move on to something else or at least try different things than what they've been doing over the last couple years. Um, But we'll see. You know, they're going to have an opportunity here to maybe make some shifts and maybe, um, you know, maybe try some different things after the bye week and see how things work. Um, But if things don't work, then, you know, I I think that there's going to be a lot of things that have to be considered this offseason. And the offense is probably up there along with the defense and pretty much everywhere. I mean, this year has not gone the way that I think anyone planned. No, uh, absolutely not. Especially, well, given that the offense that everybody, the high school kids are running, it maybe to me would seem to be a faster transition maybe on some of these guys getting them into, uh, you know, not necessarily, well, I mean, there's lots of different kinds of spread, but a spread type offense. Yeah, and I mean, I can see that. You know, a lot of programs in the state of Texas do run something like that, whereas, you know, you look at Baylor right now and a lot of it is, you know, complex route trees and things like, and being able to block and, and just various things that really cause you to have situations where older guys are playing, even if maybe younger guys are more talented, but they're limited in the things that they can do. And I think we've seen that. And so, yeah, I do think there's some validity, validity to that. Um, but I also think, you know, they should be able to find ways within the construction of their current offense to get the most talented players on the field. I just, I truly don't think there's an excuse for it. Grayson Grudet for Sikkim365.com. Grayson, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.